Hey everyone, on January 20th, pay a visit to our friends at the Park Theatre for Desi Subculture, presented by the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Tickets to see this global dance music collective are $25 plus fees through Ticketmaster and at the Winnipeg Folk Festival office. If you haven't spent your Christmas money yet, you need new sounds. Check out the first 2018 edition of Record Sundays on January 21st at Peg Beer Co. Come hang with Eye and Ear Control, Eat'em Up Records, Dub Ditch Records, and Electric Heat Records, and soak up the sounds of the underground. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Police Radio. I'm your regular host, Sam. I'm here with uh, all four members of Panicland. So I think, uh, as always, when there's sort of a group setting, easiest way to do it is sort of go around the table, everyone identify themselves and their instrument, and then people can put a name to the voice. Sure. So start right here. I'm Brayden, lead vocals and guitar. I'm Riley. I am a guitar and backup vocals. Travis. I play drums and sing backup as well. I'm Ian. I play bass and backup vocals. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, I think it's... um. Interesting that I'm talking to you in part because this year I've been trying to sort of branch out as far as the types of music that I'm, that I'm types of artists that I'm featuring on the show. Uh, it would be very easy for me, and it was kind of when the show first started, to just sort of go with the same six or seven punk bands over and over again. You know, it's just because guys I already knew and were playing sort of styles of music that I was, you know, very familiar with, could easily talk about, you know, a certain amount of punk bands, rappers, folk singers, whatever. It was just kind of like, oh, this is simple. I know exactly where their influences are. I know where they're coming from. I've seen them play shows, that kind of thing. But I've been trying to branch out a little bit more. I mean, I had a classical group on a few weeks ago. I've had, I got really into the local jazz scene a little bit more this, this year. And what you guys do, I think, is, is another thing that's, that's very different from pretty much everything else I've had on the show uh, in the past. And, I mean, I don't know how you define it, but, I mean, just upon hearing what I've heard of your music, pop is the obvious... Yeah, I think, I think that's one of the best ways to describe it, because pop could be so many different things. Yeah, it's very vague, but, I mean... It's, 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 yeah. yeah, but we definitely fit into that category. And, uh, yeah, Ace, Ace Burphy hyped you up and said that's, that's cool. what he liked about the show, that, that uh, you get all different types of artists on. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool, too, because uh, I'm sure you probably noticed, and I'm sure listeners, um, if you get, like you said, a classical group, a punk group, maybe a pop group, you'll realize that even though the presentation is so different, the, the core thing that they're doing and that people are connecting to is the same oh, absolutely, amongst yeah. all these different genres and artists. For sure. Which is, which is cool because there's only, there's only so many human emotions and di- different things may speak to people in different ways, but they're all connecting with the same, with the same emotions, right? It's just a different package. The way it's delivered it's, it's, different. A, yeah. it's a different yeah. package for different people, yeah. Well, the thing with, the thing with pop, I mean, not, not to say that I haven't had pop artists on before, but it's always been kind of a hyphenated pop. It's been, you know, pop punk or synth pop or mm-hmm. something else kind of attached to it. But you guys, from what I can tell anyway, uh, I would kind of classify you more as just just like a pure pop group. I mean, there's not... Uh, I'm sure there are other things that influence what you're doing that you could maybe hyphenate on there, but to me it sounds like just, just pop. I think, I think so. I think I think specifically the last single we did sounds very pop. Yeah. Um, because we wanted to use that to open lots of doors and... Uh, something pop or this pop that pop doesn't open as many doors it's it's a very it's a more narrow road for sure and I don't want to 
I don't want our first impression to be a smaller box. I want it to be the biggest box possible because right. then all these other types of pops are, are going to be welcomed because our, the first impression set the tone. That's actually interesting because I think a lot of people, a lot of artists, especially they've had on the show, are trying to go a lot more micro with that. Like they're trying to, they're trying to get into mm-hmm. some specific niche like something, something, something pop, you know, mm-hmm. hyphenating it six times so they have a very, very yeah. specific subgenre. But you guys are the opposite of that, which is cool. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like doing that personally. Um, I, I used to want to do things like that, like be, like I used to stress over genres and things like that because yeah. I'm sort of just wired that way. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan personally of doing things like that because I think, yeah, it just, it just, it just limits you a little bit more. And um, like we were saying earlier, like people just all connect with the same thing. So that, that sort of, putting a, uh, that sort of label on the music is yeah. that that's for the industry to do it so that people can consume it easier and so that they can sell it to people easier. Right. So when artists do that, like it's probably in their best interest not to. Right. To that, be as that, wide open as possible. Yeah. That's more of the, yeah. that's something artists used to not like when the corporations would label them. So I'm, I'm, I'm also partly surprised that artists do like to put those extreme labels on themselves because they're, they're, those are usually, you know, corporate, business yeah. things. I think it depends on the type of artist too. If someone is doing something so specific that it only appeals to, you know, it's only going to appeal to a certain mm-hmm. group and maybe that makes sense. But, well, yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, and I think in this day and age though, everything is so categorized yeah. that it's, it's like if, if someone's pop punk and purely pop punk, it makes sense to call themselves pop punk Absolutely. because it's easier to get added to the playlists or added to certain shows yeah. or something. Whereas if they classify themselves on something that's too wide, then, then it may hurt them if they really do want to focus and they know what they want to do in, only sure. that specific thing. Sure. So, I mean, again, like with the, I don't want to do all the pop thing forever, but I think that a lot of what you do, again, from what I've heard, which has been, you know, you have a lot of stuff online. So there's a lot to dig into, which is good. And I kind of want to get into that, the way you promote yourselves in a minute. But um, I feel like it's kind of, I'm a little out of my element. I think I'm probably not the target audience for what you do, but... That's not that's that's the case often with when, when I'm doing these shows, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's my favorite kind of situation. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, 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 but one thing that I, I've noticed and that I, I'm really interested in in kind of learning more about is the way you guys sort of put this together because everything seems very DIY but also very professional in approach and in, in presentation. And I mean, just uh, coming in here, you know, I've done 260 some episodes of the show, and it's very rare to have someone setting up cameras to, to film it going on. You guys are obviously very involved in, in just self-promotion and, and all that in a way this may be different. Uh, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I mean, like not to age myself, but when I was first started playing in bands, everything was, you know, DIY zines mm-hmm. and putting up posters for punk shows and basements and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was all super DIY, but now because of the way the internet is and the way it's possible to just kind of get yourself out there entirely on your own, it seems like you guys are maybe get pick, picked up on something that maybe older acts, haven't or don't know yeah, how to do or, or they or the older acts got there first and they didn't realize it because it, when I look right. when I hear these stories of you know uh, 1992 1993 94 Gilman Street and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing and how DIY they are in, in a way that that is what everybody needs to be now but back then they were kind of going against everything and right. it was their own thing and, but, and right now that it, you sort of have to do that but we're at such a guinea pig uh, stage in with the music industry yes. where I don't think people realize the opportunities that they have with being DIY and being in full control of every aspect because people still glamorize uh, record labels and record deals, right. and which do make sense for some situations because some people want to be artists and only artists. They're musicians, they're writers, th- that's it. They hate the business side, right? right? And so 
you don't want to then force them to do it themselves, the business side, because there's so much to it. If they don't want to do it, yeah. then then they're just they're, they won't last, you know. And, then and that comes up a lot actually on this show as well. People who are, are really really good on the on the art front, they I mean the music's great, they, you know the songwriting's fantastic. They should be super famous, but they have no interest whatsoever in, in the business side of things, and it kind of holds them back. Because... Well, it's it's a sad truth. Like in, in reality, in in the perfect world, if it, it would be purely about the talent. And but I'm not I'm usually I'm not one to say that it's not about talent and it's all about looks and business because yeah. it's it's truly not it's about I think having both like if you if you were the best artist in the world you wrote the best songs but you had zero business sense then like ideally that would be enough but it's not like right. ideally like uh, realistically y- y- that's not enough and if you had like the best business you had the best team you had the best writers you had the coolest hair you had the best looking you had like an eight pack right. you know it's still not that's that's not going to do it. And I, I right. used to actually think when I was like 17, 18, that, that with a lot of pop artists, it is, um, you know, it is more about the, the looks and the presentation mm-hmm. just because that presentation was so strong. Well, it's and so it, important too. And right? it's, Where, so, it's so I mean, important. You can be a jazz artist and no one knows what you look like. Right, and right. The, the, the and it, it is so important, important but I think what's, what's uh, uh, commonly misunderstood is that it's, it's not actually all that stuff that makes it. You know, it's just right. that stuff just adds to it, and it's both sides are like totally needed. You know, so um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I think about like the whole pop presentation and and yeah. and stuff like that. But like, there's some artists who just you know, like uh, when you look into even people like Justin Bieber, like some of the right. most disrespected pop artists, but also respected in certain areas. Depending who you're talking to, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They like they actually work incredibly hard. Like so unbelievably hard to the point where it almost kills them. Really, yeah. They're like deathly skinny, and they they're just they're a wreck, you know, because of what of of the work they put in, you know. And I think just like the the good looks and the smiling thing overshadows a lot of things. But I also think that that phase of pop music is sort of dying out. Pop okay. is no longer about you know like the teenage girls and the teeny bopper thing because that sort of thing happened. When record labels were in control of everything, kind of the last gasp of that. Yeah, they they were the middlemen, so they knew what the what the teenage girls wanted, which was the guys smiling going like this and right. stuff like that. And then so the the girls did end up liking that because they didn't know anything else because that's all they were fed by the labels. So it was this back and forth circle, right. you know. And now the label is no longer in the center. They're no longer the middlemen. The artist can go straight to the consumer. So now the consumer sees through all these cheesy things. So right. when pop artists are trying to keep this old thing going of like the hearts and all these cheesy things, the kids the kids don't believe it. They don't buy it. And if they do buy it because they're young, in two years, they realize this was all an act. This was all a gimmick. This and they'll was, move this on to all... something more genuine. Right? And, yeah. yeah, they'll move on and they'll never go back to you again because you cheated them, you lied to them, and you made them feel stupid.
because of my background and stuff playing punk bands and things when I was a teenager DIY has always been sort of really associated with punk rock for me mm-hmm. uh, in terms of whether it's you know something like this podcast I mean this is fairly punk rock in terms of bringing a recorder to someone's house or someone's car or someone's rooftop whatever yeah. and interview them and and you know making zines making posters all that stuff kind of ties together for me and it, it's exactly what you're describing but you guys are doing it from a very different stylistic yeah. perspective yeah. so h- how do you how do you guys come to that I mean are are you any of you from a background where you'd have more kind of involvement in punk rock and things like that? Or? Oh yeah, we used to be pure okay. punk. I, I figured, and, yeah, and, and not even like like when we were a punk band, I was ve- I was very like I was fourteen, but I felt like oh, I don't even feel very different now than I did when I was fourteen. Like I, I didn't feel like a little kid, and you know I I liked a lot of. Like, I hated everything else. I hated the radio. I hated Top 40. I would say a lot of the things that I think are ignorant now that people say. I think that's every 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think I was probably a little extreme with it. You know, like, I hated it, everything. And Blink-182, Sum 41, I hated them. Right. Like, I, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and I hated all the fake punk. And, like, I loved, you, you know, like, well, a lot of the 90s punk and, and stuff like that. The early, the early like, um, like, who did I like? Like some of the weirder stuff, like like Pansy Division and oh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and uh, Mr. T Experience. All the mid record stuff. Well, not mid. Mid was the Canadian version, but Lookout, Lookout Records. Yeah, the the Lookout, yeah, the yeah. Lookout Records stuff, and like Operation Ivy and all yeah, that yeah, kind of, of stuff. Course, and then and then the more like mainstream, but not actually mainstream, but mainstream if you're deep in the punk world, like Rancid and yeah. Out Come the Wolves. Like that's still one of my favorite albums, but that's because yeah. it's just made up of great songs. Simple as that. Has nothing to do with like punk. No, that makes sense because I was. I was, I don't know, 14 or so when that came out, mm-hmm. and so it's, I'm assuming you guys are a favorite younger than me. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm 22. Right, so yeah, so it's cool that, that that record particularly, like, 
transcends time, right? I mean, like, uh, it was new when I heard it, and I loved it, and it's still one of my, like, Desert Island records, you know, because it's so good from start to finish. And it's, mm-hmm. it's always cool to hear people from different generations being like, oh, yeah, the same exact oh, yeah. response to it. Yeah. Like, I connect with that the same way that I connect with... Uh, um, Katy Perry, <laughs> like, because okay. it, like, it's at the core, it's it affects the same things. It's a different packaging, like we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. But really, if you look at the, the definition of what music is, the actual definition is organized sounds. Right. And so that's a very wide spectrum. It could be anything. You know, there there is there there is like these um, these symphonies, these long pieces, like an hour and a half long and so diverse. Yeah. And, and there's world music. There's stuff that we've never even heard that's going on in Africa and stuff yeah. like that. And so when you look at something like, even like Metallica and Justin Bieber, they're not, they're not that different. No, you know, no. It, it, like it, when you look at it in the big picture and it's it, some of them in, in a way they're sold to the, to the consumers as like by the same people. But here are like, they know that the Justin Bieber fans, um, or they, they know that the Metallica fans will hate Justin Bieber, right? And, so yeah, but half the time it's the same label and the same a and guys selling sure, it. Yeah, yeah. They, they just have the alternatives for the different people, but they're both reacting off of each other. Like the Metallica fans are like anti-Bieber, but they like Metallica. Right. But Bieber is still affecting them just as much as Bieber affects his fans because they're just reacting the opposite way. Sure. You know, so it, it all comes stems from the same thing, the same like pyramid, like that's at at the top in this that's why i even call like metal music pop music it's all to right. me it's all part of this very small area on this very wide spectrum of organized sounds that makes sense like what's that. interesting generally generationally i think is that um i think people that are growing up now listening to music i think that there aren't really going to be like those purist people that are like i only right. listen to like like tech metal or something <laughs> like that like I don't, I don't think that those people are going to exist because like even the the kids that consider themselves pretty cool and uh you know don't listen to anything means like they still like love drake right and like right even the the edgy bands that they like are like pretty mainstream like would play like the mts center or something like cool. that so um i don't know i don't think that kids are gonna grow up like that like in the future because everything's just like so accessible. It's all in the same spot. Like you don't have to go to right. one record store to get one thing. HMV to get everything else. You don't have like, a special order or anything. It's just there. Yeah, yeah exactly. so it's, it's all, all in the same spot. The same screen, the same world. Totally. And we have access to to everything currently and everything ever in history. Yeah, which and, is crazy. And that's a lot of stuff. And so <laughs> people are like, they're 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 just taking in everything. You know, like some some people, of course, there are going to going to be the purists and stuff. And I think we. All, all five of us, we're probably more likely to meet those people because of the areas we deal sure. in. But I think the average person is will will listen to Shania Twain and then and then go home and listen to like Fetty Wap. Sure, or yeah, that's, like that's, that. that's not unreasonable. That gets pretty normal, actually. Yeah. Do you think that um, kind of growing up in that environment where you know this is, I'm assuming for most of your your teenage to adult lives anyway, this has been the thing, right? The internet's been there with the availability to get pretty much anything, mm-hmm. has that sort of helped you to develop the DIY thing? Because it's just sort of, this is, there is no sort of central record industry the way there was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You just have the, being able to put your music out there and for anyone to hear it anywhere in the world, that's always kind of been there for you? Yeah, because you're, we're, then we're forced to, to really learn how people think and react yeah. to things because it's so direct Right. To the consumer, we don't have the middlemen of the record label, and and the there's no DJ describing it or whatever. There's no one trying to sell it. It's just there. Right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the the consumers are so in charge of everything, and we have to kind of gauge that a little bit. And it, it just puts us. It just 
like I think it just makes everybody smarter if you can handle it. Like, yeah, it's like right. sink or swim for the self promotion aspect of what you're sure. saying with the DIY. Like all the social media stuff we do. Um, I mean, like I came to the band late, but I know that you guys you said that you hated all sorts of social media. At yeah, the well, spe- especially of the band. when we're four- fourteen ish. Yeah, but then right. you just like if you don't do social media, like you're definitely going to be like suffering. Sure. Yeah. Like in in some way or another, and so. As far as what we do now with the DIY is, like, like I don't know. I would prefer to just, you know, just make the music and everything. But yeah. um, just people, and not just kids, like, everyone pretty much, like, just demands to know, like, what's going on at whatever point. And access to whoever they want to talk to, too, right? I mean, like, yeah. yeah, totally. And, like, I don't know, it's just people are used to, um, like, I don't really want to say, like, they're entitled. But they're just used to, like, having everything all the time. Sure. So then if we go silent... And don't promote ourselves, you know, like I say that in quotes, because like it's not always like promotion, it's sometimes just like everyday random stuff. But if we don't do it, then we're just erased from existence. Wait, they can move on to the next thing because they're done, yeah, there's yeah. so many things coming at them at all times. Yeah, yeah like if you don't show yeah. up in their like Instagram stories or whatever, it's just like you basically died. So. Right. You gotta stay on their minds, and, all, and, and also it's, 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 it's not that it's the norm because it's not the norm yet. I don't think it's understood by everybody how big social media is and how big it's going to become. Right. But it's it's basically like like if there was a band in let's say the seventies, you know, a, a band like us but seventies version, and they were like, ah, you know, I don't really want to be on the radio that much. Yeah. You know, I, I want I want to, you know, sell sheet music. They wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's it's sort of the same thing now. Now it's like you can't be like I I don't want to do social. Like everybody has to do social media. Sure. You know, like whether or not that's a good thing, like that's up to everybody to decide. But that's just the way it is, and that's just the way it's going. Because this is like this example I'm about to say is like a story I say sometimes of how in the 30s and 40s there was, um, you know, there there were uh, like reporters who would report on talk radio, yep. not TV. TV was starting to you know, come out and make its impact on the world, but it was sort of a fun thing. It was a toy. It was kind of the beginning stages. Well, when it first started, yeah, only a few people had it, right? Yeah, yeah like not everybody it. had it. Nobody knew what, where it was going, what, how big it was going to become. So most people stayed on talk radio. Some of these guys left talk radio for TV because they thought this is, this is going to yeah. blow up. And everybody else was sort of like, nah, you know, like if it blows up, I'll join. But the people who got on it early... And, and saw where it was going to go, those are the people who ended up winning. And the people who wouldn't make the switch ended up losing. Right. And so right now... Because they're trying too of, late to catch up. Yeah, but, they're, they're yeah. not doing it until it's, uh, until it's necessary. So like, And by that time, it's already too late. So now, that's sort of the same thing. A lot of bands are stuck thinking about thinking in terms of albums, album cycles, mm-hmm. releasing an album every two years, tour around it. And even though that's very enjoyable and appealing, and if, it, if that was the case, I would love it. It's it, whether or not I love it doesn't matter. It's not the case. Like now, it's about making that switch to social media.
saying the album cycle is not the same at all because now no, it's, it's individual much songs for the most part, right? People are putting out like a, a single and then eventually they'll release an album, but just yeah, like, yeah. But, and I don't actually think that's a bad thing at all. It's just a different way. Of it's, it's a different way, and it's actually it's how it used to be in the fifties. With, 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 with singles, yeah. Yeah, in fifties it was all about singles, and here's your seven inch, and here's the B side, it's yeah. whatever, and the album is just is basically a product. It's just it's like a piece of merch, a that collection you can buy. of singles. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the like the singles usually weren't on the albums. Actually, it was like if the Beatles put out "I Want to Hold Your Hand," um, that that was during was that during "Please Please Me" or is that during with the Beatles era? Around there, but yeah, it was in between was, uh, the two, and it was on neither album. Basically, right. it was all the Beatles singles were singles, and then the albums were just a way to sort of cash in on the singles, but they didn't matter too much. And then it right. took like the really kind of theatrical bands in the late sixties to Same like big concept albums. In the, yeah, yeah, like because sure. it started sort of with with Pet Sounds with Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, where every song was was an original song. And the Beatles and the Beach Boys kept trying to one-up each other. And then by, like, 1970, the album had, had been established. You well, know? Even before that, too, you have people like uh, like Ray Charles, for example, doing, you know, concept albums where it would be all songs about traveling or his, his two-country music albums he did, which mm-hmm. are very, very thematic. But a lot of that, too, was, like, singles just compiled, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, they could still be creative albums, but they were still riding on the backs of the singles. Yeah. And by the time Abbey Road, you know, 69, 70... Um, hap- by the time Abbey Road was out and stuff like that, it was like about the albums. It was an album's world up until pretty much, pretty much now. You know, now it's going back yeah. to you Singles. know, yeah. People people still release albums, and as they should, but it's for a different reason. It's because people just need a lot of music, right? You know, yeah. so if they do release an album, they better release like a brand new single that's not on the album like a few months later, and then a bunch more singles, and then another album, and then right, a yeah. mixtape, and <laughs> it's just about nobody. Nobody even cares anymore how it's classified what it's classified as, if this is an album, if this single's from this, if right. this is all connected. It's just, like, lots of music. Which, in a way, I kind of like that. It, because, mm-hmm. sure, the the artistic part of the album is done, where it's, like, every song is connected or has a theme. Yeah. But now it's back to great songs. You know, it's, it's every song at its core has to be a great, strong song, hopefully. Because I still, I still do think that it's the strong, really great, strong songs that really get to the top. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. How it's packaged is... I don't really care. So it's funny. It's an interesting perspective, actually, because like, I got, I'm 35, so I'm, you know, a dozen or so years older than you guys. And, uh, I still listen to 90% of what I listen to is physical media. I listen to records, tapes, CDs, and I listen to an album start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have, uh, Spotify or any of this stuff. I, don't, I, I just don't do it because I have all my stuff at home. I sit down, put it on the stereo right. and listen. And I realize that's kind of a way that's, fading out I mean there, there's always going to be people who listen like that but mm-hmm. yeah. I mean people who are even five years younger than me that's alien to them almost like it's, yeah it's, it's not nor, it's, I don't think it's ever going to die no there's going to be like, nerds who want it yeah, you know? and, but, yeah. but well, for, it's probably way less likely for kids who are 14 now sure. because at least we caught the tail end of that a little bit yeah. like when right, yeah, 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 yeah. you know so like we um, like everybody's into that like I used to I used to reorganize my stack of CDs by like color and then by name and all these weird. Like I used to be obsessed with physical music. I still do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Like I've like I amassed this huge collection like at the end of like junior high, high yeah. school, um, and then like I only graduated like I guess two, three years ago. Okay. Um, but like the same year that I was in grade twelve, I think was when like Apple Music 
right. came out, right. and then Spotify was like really popping off. And it's interesting how like my collection is pretty much like frozen since then because it's just like too convenient. And then when I listen to like too convenient like to use Spotify sure, and Apple, yeah. you don't it's, need like, to buy all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, now like listening to physical music has become just kind of like a treat, like a little event. Like I'm gonna sit down and listen to this record. And, yeah. But before it was like. You know, that was the way, the, you, just, the, the way you do it, right? Yeah. It almost seems like there's a comeback with vinyl coming back, and even tapes are making a bit of a comeback, too. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just young people who maybe missed out the first time, who are like 10 I, years yeah, now, I and they're like, oh, cool, what is, I want to see what this is like. It's right? cool. Yeah. In general, like, part of it is just because it's trendy, you know? Right, right. It, it is a trendy thing. It, it, you know, like, when you walk into Urban Outfitters, which is, like, one of the biggest corporations in yeah, the world, yeah. as far as clothing and yeah. stuff like that, and it's actually, I think, the highest... It's the, it sells the most records, I like it I sells that, yeah. most more records than like record stores do, and that's that store is built totally on trends, sure. and so people are buying it for trendy reasons. But regardless, it's coming back, and I don't think people. I often don't think that people are buying new music for like or new music on vinyl because it sounds better. I think a lot of kids say that like, oh, yeah. vinyl sounds better, but. It, What's well, a preference? It, personal preference, really. It, yeah. Well, it is preference, but it also depends on how the vinyl is made. Because sure, a lot of that stuff is reissues from and it's taken from CDs. Exactly, it's like it's, it's, that's, CD, so that's yeah. worse than a CD. Sure, yeah, you're yeah. taking the digital file and then and slapping it in an old format. Yeah, because like yeah. people complain, like if like if something was recorded on, let me pick a random album. Let's say Back in Black. If that was recorded to tape, you know, it, which it was, yeah. in 1980 it came out. And then if it was reissued in, like, 89 on CDs and then remastered in, let's say, like, 2003 so that everything's louder and up to, like, the volume standard, yep. it's like, okay, everyone thinks that's better. But then when they have new pressings of it and they, they advertise it, it yeah, they're yeah. advertising it like it's a better thing. Like, like oh, here's the new remastered version of the ACDC album, the first time on vinyl. But all you're doing is you're taking the digital file, which has already lost quality from the original tapes, right. then taking that and pressing it to vinyl. The only thing that you're getting are... You're getting the sound of the actual vinyl, like the pops pops, and stuff like that, and just just the way that your record player colors the sound. But you're not actually getting a more pure sound than the CD. Whereas if you're if you're getting something that was actually pressed in the '70s or something, and and you know you have a player from like it's it's not you know it's not a player like that, but it's legit. You know then you're then you're getting the real deal. You know you're getting the closest possible thing to those original tapes. Sure, but yeah. I think, you know, a lot, a lot of the young people or, or older people, they're like, oh, I buy vinyl because of the sound quality. Unless you see an AAA on the back, yeah. then it's then it's not true. Yeah, yeah they have a little $20 record player and it's, yeah, it sounds yeah. like shit. Yeah. 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 I think it's all valid, though. Like, I do want to say that because, like, sometimes these kind of discussions about, you know, like, like, is vinyl better and stuff? It's like coming from a perspective of, like, this is good and this is bad. Right, it's but, all like, good. It's, yeah. I think if someone wants to, like... I mean, even if a bunch of the money's going to Urban Outfitters or whatever, if someone, like, wants to buy this artist's album and if that's their way that they're enjoying it and having, like, a special moment with the album sure. is, like... Yeah, I think it's Buying great. it and then putting it in an Instagram picture next to their, like, succulent and their, like, right. like coffee or whatever. Right. Like, if that's how they want to, like, take that moment, then that's cool. Sure. And, like, I totally respect Because some, some people just want to own things. You know, yeah. like, it sounds so stupidly simple, but, like, who, like, really, who wants to buy something and it doesn't exist, it's just on a computer? You're mm-hmm. just buying the right to own it. To listen you, to you it. You don't really yeah. own it. You know, like, some people don't care about sound quality. Like, I actually personally don't. You know, like, I actually, I like to listen on that little record player because my ears are exhausted from listening to the highest quality speakers. Right, yeah, yeah. So I like to listen to, like, the chillest, most, like, cheap thing. Like, sometimes when I, like, download music, I download, like, 
l l like how music used to sound on like LimeWire, where it was like low quality and Remember stuff that, like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, just because it's it's not as exhausting sometimes. <laughs> but I don't even think people care too much about sound. You know, just like the purest of the purists. Yeah, there are people who their whole life is about getting that specific sound, but most people, yeah, it's, it's fairly. Yeah, they want to hear the song, they want to hear the chorus, they just want to own something yeah. that. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so we could get away from all this because this, this is an interesting discussion. It comes up a lot on the show because, I mean, the people I'm talking to are, are from such different genres and backgrounds. I mean, like I had Fred Penner on here, mm. who's literally twice my age, and then you guys who I'm, you know, quite a bit older than. So it's, it's all over the place. And people's answers to that stuff are, are very different. I've lost interest in most kind of the, the style of music you play I mean you mentioned earlier you were into punk rock and everything when you were a teenager and how did you guys become a pop band like where, where, where does that come from because uh, I think a lot of people and we kind of touched on this earlier have this idea that very very pop pop music is sort of this manufactured thing right yeah obviously as we've discussed you guys are DIYing it it's all very genuine but mm -hmm. how did that become the direction you took uh, um I think it a lot of it was uh, Kind of what you just said, like how people thought, 
that it was that pop was a manufactured thing. Yeah. The, the more we were involved in the music industry, the more we realized that's not true at all. Before we were even in into the pop side of things, you know, because punk punk music, I like punk not even because of what it represents, because I think in general, like, and th- this is a total subjective thing, but it's it's not the same. Like if if somebody. The Sex Pistols were the Sex Pistols. They represented what they represented. They did what they did. Now, if somebody does the same thing as the Sex Pistols and calls it punk, like, it, it's it's not. Like, right. it, it's the punk genre. It sounds punk. But the, the Sex Pistols did it. That's just imitating. That's, They're just copying the aesthetic. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's worse than Katy Perry. At least Katy sure. Perry is making something new. Right. And then a lot of these punk purists are just recreating, you know, what the Ramones did, or what Green Day did, maybe, right. like, 90s Green Day, or, like, Sex Pistols or X-Ray Specs or anything like that. It's like... They're just recreating that, and like that is the total opposite of what mentality created punk in the sure, first place. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, so like the whole thing was kind of making me sick, and then I just realized like at, at what I like out of all of that is just the great songs. I don't care about this mentality because I like the the idea of punk, which is you know DIY, doing what you want, yeah. thinking for yourself. And I think we have that. I think we have that as a band. I, we have the important part of that, and I think the other thing I like about punk is. The, how melodic some of it is. Definitely, especially it's, the 90s stuff. The 90s yeah, stuff. Like, the, like Dookie and stuff like that. It's just so... Dookie has amazing lyrics. Yeah. It's so melodic. And it, and, it, and it connected with so many people, which was completely not respected, of course, in the 90s when that happened. But it's impressive. Like, yeah. when, when lyrics that, are, that were so specific to, to, to Billy Joe, but also everybody felt, this is specifically me. But vague enough to for everybody to relate sure. to, and there's there's no theatrics, there's no long guitar solos. It's like it's getting out of that kind of like Bon Jovi Motley Crue time, sure. and it's a total reaction to that. And well, it's just three piece playing three chord songs. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just yeah. like three chords, and it's just great melodies, great lyrics that connect with every with most people. Sure, right, and that's that's the element I like of it, you know. And I like so it's like we can take that in, in, into what we want to do because. I also I also love you know Motown music and Motown was so DIY. Sure. Motown was like punk. It was against everything and there was race involved. You know that wasn't a great time for for you know sure. for Motown music. But they 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 conquered. You well, know? then you go to, if you go to Stax in the South too. I mean, same time period, same genre of music. That was even more punk rock because it was like very racially mixed. The groups were yeah. like TNMGs and stuff, right? And it was like yeah, even more shitty circumstances down there than it was you know Detroit no, that was great either but, yeah, yeah and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's, it all came down to great songs sure, great melodies yeah. great lyrics and that's not exclusive to punk music I feel not like there's, all, no, no. there's a lot of things that hold some punk fans back and it, it's like it's almost like Green Day didn't, didn't have those qualities holding them back where like they, they were too proud or they wanted to be so committed to the genre or something like sure. that and so like those things didn't apply to them, but when they took those those qualities and eliminated eliminated everything that could possibly hold them back, it spoke to the world still. And so, I, I you know I like to go into a session or you know sit down and if I want if I want to record a song that sounds like Bieber, I'm going to do it. Right. If I want to record a song that sounds like Cheap Trick, which I, I did, then I'm going to do that. Cool. You know I'm not going to stick to some box that I that I put myself in because I call myself punk. You or know. pop or whatever. Yeah, or, or anything. But yeah. it's just, I, I find, like, I love the whole punk thing and I love where it came from, but I just find that a lot of the newer newer stuff and the newer mentalities, they're just kind of imitating the old sure. ones. Sure, no, I, I agree with that completely. I think that the, you say punk and people think of, like, you know, the same 300 kids at every show with the exact same Mohawk and the, you know, the spike jacket and everything yeah. versus someone doing something kind of subversive and, and, and original and mm-hmm. sort of, like, 
unexpected almost, right? So that punk can be, I mean, I think you can consider a lot of electronic music being punk rock. Oh, yeah. In, in attitude, for sure, when it first came out, right? I mean, I think some country music is punk rock. I, th- I think so, 100%. Yeah. Like, I think punk punk was the, like, the actual genre of punk, like, Sex Pistols, like, late 70s, yeah. kind of early 80s kind of thing. That They were the first to be labeled punk. But really, it was just what they were doing that deserved the punk label. Then when that established itself as, like, a genre of music, yeah. that that is that genre of music that happens to also be called punk. But right. it's it doesn't mean it's that idea of punk. That goes to, you know, Kanye West. Whatever the next thing is. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. like, completely innovative and, and brand new and, and setting a new setting a new trend and going against something. Okay. Or if it's small scale with, within something else, like, uh, um, you know... Uh, like a, like a Katy Perry or like right. a Beaver that's doing something that's not like in a way and th- this will get so much hate but in a way Purpose by Justin Bieber was one of the most punk albums of that year because the, he bef- before that album on on top 40 radio and mainstream radio it it was like a free for all there were so many different songs right. Bieber came out with with this dance hall feel you know, and some others at the around the same time, like that whole little crew of people. Right. You know, but especially like uh, Skrillex, Diplo, and Bieber with "Where Are You Now" and this dancehall feel, and then "Sorry," and then after that, they moved on. They did whatever. After that, everybody on the radio sounded. Sure, like I can I can agree with that. I don't listen to too much um, pop radio, but I do listen to heavy, heavy amounts of dancehall, mm-hmm. and have for like the past twenty years. Right. And all of a sudden, I was like, "What?" Wait a minute! This all these songs are like it's a dancehall rhythm, and yet it's some pop song or some yeah. you know some even like soft rock kind of thing going on. But it's yeah, like the, the, the beat is a dancehall beat. Yeah, and, and and someone someone brought that to mainstream. Now everybody copies it. Right, and it's know? not dancehall anymore, but it's yeah, it's taking, this thing that's taken that and made it into pop, into pop basically. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. To kind of answer your question, like from before about how we got here, yeah, because like, that was like the initial thing away from punk. But as far as like how we how we got to like a really really pop thing, like especially us like two years ago or something like that, um, it's just kind of like with this band, we're we're not like a band that's like okay like we need songs because like we need to do our album or we got a show or whatever. Right. It's like the band completely like adapts to the songs. So like if Brayden writes a song that sounds like Cheap Trick or he writes yeah. one that sounds like. Uh, I don't know, what's another example? So, like, Kiss or something like that. Like, some of the music we're working on right now will just... Our sound just brings out what's best in the song, like, in okay. every situation. So, like, a lot of our mu- music that we're working on now that we're planning on putting out in the future, it's not like there's, like, this unified sound. Like, all the songs you would consider pop songs, just, like, structurally and, like, yeah. melodically and stuff. But... We, like, as a band and as Britain as a producer, like, everything just adapts to the yep. song. So, like, I think that's why we just, like, just with more pop songs, we just became, like, a pop band. Okay. So, uh... Is that kind of organically the sound you guys came up with anyway, just, like, through writing the songs? And, oh, yeah. And like, so de- de- definitely nobody yeah. was encouraged. If anything, we were being discouraged. Okay. Because when we were punk... We we got an incredible amount of industry support, right? And we we got we were given got a lot of government money and stuff like that for grants. Then when we turned to pop, we got uh, pretty much no industry support as far as it's almost uh, the reverse of what you would think. Yeah, exactly. That it kind of puts into perspective, you know, what like people don't really think that's what would sure, happen, yeah. right? So like. Um, yeah, so then it's not that we didn't get any support after, but like nobody supported us doing the transition. Like they were like, oh no, this is, this is you guys. Like you guys are punk. And like we, part of everybody telling us that we're, we're a punk band and we're, we got to do rock or this is why we 
went the total opposite and like very over the top the total opposite and and, and it, the songs dictated that 100% like they led the way which is why we wanted to make that move in the first place okay. but uh yeah like it, it was very like it was like not a manufactured thing or anybody encouraging us to do okay. it cool cool and you guys have a, a record you're working on right yeah yeah when is that uh, actually coming out um pr- probably spring like it okay. depends because it's it's a timing thing like which ties into like the you know it depends how it takes off on spotify sure, the, the singles sure. at first and all that because mm-hmm. we just want to release it at the best time so it can reach the most amount of people so first we're releasing a single in probably late january okay. maybe early february it doesn't matter as long as the best time right that's when we'll release right. it and and yeah and then after that we're going to be putting out an album which we're which we're working on right now and we're we're showing kind of every aspect of it like we're not we're, for a while, we were sort of keeping it secret because most people do, and then it sort of clicked that like, why are we doing that? Right. You know, it's too many artists are keeping it secret what they're doing, and and that's not how kids' brains function. But they want to know what's happening the whole time. Yeah, they, they want to know how it's, and yeah. I think it'll actually add value to the music because th- th- there's for us, it's not about what it is about the, the it's not about what the final product is, which is the music. It's about why you're doing it, what we put into it, the reasoning behind everything, the thought yeah. process, the thinking. And so let's let everybody in on that. Let's show them like the thoughts behind everything. Uh, like as careerists, as artists, as right everything. Yeah. Let's let them in on everything completely unfiltered, not in like a cheesy MTV way where it's like, oh hey guys, I love yeah. you. Yeah. But like like talking just as intense as you want to talk and just you know, letting people into the process because then when the album does come out and they do hear the album it's going to be that much more valuable. Well, they're primed for it too, right? Because they 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 know what they kind of have some idea of what the background is. Yeah, because yeah. People, that's what people connect to. They connect to not what you made, but why you made it. Sure. What you made is almost irrelevant because I, we could take all our thinking and our and emotions and what we want to do and turn it into a movie. You know, if we had the skills to do so, right. and people would connect with it the same way. So it's it's like what we make is irrelevant. It's why we make it. So that's why we've been showing everybody this this whole process of the whole album. And, yeah. yeah. And that's and. Interesting. We just talked about how like people aren't putting out albums, right? And then you're doing it, yeah, yeah. yeah, But but I guess like that's kind of an interesting part of the process too, because like the only reason it is an album is because it was intended to be like first it was like a group of singles that we were hoping to release. Then it was like okay, maybe we'll do an EP, and then it was like let's do two EPs. But then just conceptually, like the songs just kind of made sense as an album. So then, uh, yeah, like but then we have plans in the future for things that are like very not album like like small EPs like okay. tons exactly. of tons of songs like tons of content which sort of goes back to the whole idea of releasing music is not the same as it was yeah like, exactly. I, I, it's it, like you can do it every one it's exactly within that because as I think as long as we can make an album but within this modern structure that's how we'll get away with it we, we can't make it the album in the traditional album structure right. approach we can take the single world and then put like do an album within it but and what I mean by within that structure is like feeding everybody all the time with this content and all this stuff because, you know, whereas maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, people people were on the, there was a line, the artist was here and the, the crowd, the consumers, the listeners were on the other side sure. and the artist had this godlike status and that that was the appeal. They, they were this... They were untouchable. They were untouchable. You could not touch them. And now it's the total opposite. People, some kids that are like maybe 14, 15, 16, they, they truly, truly believe that the artist is their best friend. Right, because that they, they see every moment of the yeah, day. They see, yeah. yeah, and they really think that they know them personally. And that's, 
just as strong of a connection as the old approach. Sure. It's just complete opposite. And so now if we can release our music within that mentality and that structure, yeah. release an album, then I think it's like releasing an album, taking the the old thing, which is an album, a group of songs, and putting it in, in this new way of consuming things. And then as long as we keep putting out music after and just have it just... Yeah, just kind of go on for a long time and keep feeding everybody after, yeah. but with 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 quality stuff. Then I like quality and quantity, sure. and then I think it lets us get away with putting out an album. Cool. Um, so if people obviously the album's not out yet, and uh, you know when people hear this, it still won't be out, but it'll be kind of on the horizon. Uh, what's the best thing for people to do if they want to hear what you're doing? I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, you're kind of documenting mm-hmm. a lot of the process. But where do people go if they want to find that? What's the it's best? Uh... Like pretty much any social media platform. Like we we keep them all updated. Like like throughout every single day right so yeah that's a lot from you yeah, yeah we'll definitely like it will be known on like you know instagram snapchat twitter facebook right. and it's all just panic land and also our youtube uh that's where we do like our vlog series like, panic yeah. reels so like there's gonna be like a bunch of stuff about by the time people hear this there'll be a million dollars yeah 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 we're at 30 yeah. something right now for the panic reel vlogs okay and yeah. by the time the album's out we should be like double that cool cool and yeah. uh um, a lot of them have, like, uh, the process of doing a lot of the songs. There's, like, little clips. Right, the background. There, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, studio and, like, explanation. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So is there one kind of hub where you can find all of that? Or is it just go to um, whichever social media? Instagram is probably the number one. Yeah, but really they're all so connected. Yeah. So, like, if they went to Twitter, they would see all their reels there. See some of them and have access to the rest. Right. And also, like, but even before the album's out, like, we've been posting little clips of of the music like we've mentioned before and even songs that aren't going to be on the album um just in the process so like if even anyone checks it out now they could at least get like a little taste of it sure yeah and leave a comment because that's what we've been looking at a lot of those and seeing which which ones like hit it home with people of course yeah it's it's kind of just like a fun little thing like we don't really like base what we're putting on the album on that but uh it's interesting to see sure yeah yeah. get an idea of what people are thinking before it even gets to the release point totally that's cool do you have anything coming up show-wise in the next few months that uh, people, or should they just sort of stay tuned to your social stuff? Um, pro- yeah, probably just social media because we're we're pretty much just recording for the next okay. little bit. Okay. Um, even though shows are like really fun, they yeah. won't be as beneficial as as recording right now. Right, and then once you have the record out, you can. Yeah, because yeah. when we do a show, we like to go all in. Okay. You know, like we we rehearse, 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 and yeah. um, I, I don't want to half do anything right now. Yeah. Cool. Um, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, they should go to witchpolice.com, click on podcasts, all 260-whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming. Um, you can also hear the show on Sunday nights at midnight on UMFM, and those are older episodes that kind of get a second wind, so it's, uh, what, December now we're recording this? Might not air till May or something, but the cool thing about that is, you know, we're talking about your album is going to be released, maybe by the time they hear it on the radio, album's already out, they can just go right from their car or wherever they're listening to yeah. buy it, right? So yeah. it's kind of a cool way to sort of just get a second chance for these to be heard. But they're all available at all times on the website and on whatever podcast uh, app you use, I, you know, Apple Music, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. So Brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, thanks a lot for having me, guys. This has been, yeah, uh, it's been very interesting. I, I didn't know what to expect, again, because, you know, the pop thing is 
not really my wheelhouse. <laughs> right, right. Uh, obviously, I listen to a lot of music that has pop elements and is pop inspired. But um, yeah, it, I wasn't sure what to think. But this has been a very interesting conversation. So, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it because yeah, I like talking to people with like the total opposite pers- perspective. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Not perspective, but from a total opposite background because then right, different find, different age, you can different find where that culture. where they meet though. You can go sure. down to the core. There always is, right? Like yeah. when I had to be those classical guys, I was totally over my head. I have no idea they have a harpsichord, and right, like, yeah. it was totally beyond me. But there was a lot of things that just they clicked. It was like, oh, cool, you you know. You listen to the same records I did when I was 15, and somehow you play a recorder. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah you know? exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it's awesome. neat, yeah. But anyway, thanks again for having me, guys. And yeah, to check you. out your thank album you when it comes out, and check out all your social media for the videos and everything. And, all right, thanks a lot. Awesome. Great.
that I haven't found. <laughs>